feel happy. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound. Now, now, take it easy, my sons. Calm down and tell me, one at a time, what happened? We were over by the altar on the high place. We were watching the king as he was about to dedicate the altar and the golden calf. And all at once there appeared a man. Yeah, he claimed to be a man of God. And he prophesied, told the king that a child would be born of the house of David who would put an end to idol worship. He even named the child, uh, uh, Josiah. Yeah, the king didn't believe him. No, but it was true. The man of God gave a sign and right away the sign came true. What was the sign? That, that, that the altar that they would be renting to and, and the ashes dumped out upon the ground. Immediately, fire came down from heaven and tore the altar asunder. Ah, the king was angry. He pointed to the man and, and he told his servant to get him and kill him. And the king's hand suddenly became useless. It was paralyzed. But the man of God prayed and right away the king's hand was well again. A miracle. It must have been. Yeah, the king was so glad and grateful that he asked the man of God to go to the royal palace with him. He didn't go. No. He said that the Lord had told him to eat no bread, drink no water, and not to turn aside, but go straight home. Did you see which way the man of God went? Yes, towards Judah. Quickly, saddle the mount. I'm going after the man of God and bring him home with me. He won't come. Oh, yes, he will. I might have to lie, but what's a lie? If I can get a man of God to enter my home and bless it by his mere presence. Quickly, saddle him up. Oh, oh. Huh. Pardon, sir, but are you the man of God from Bethel? I am. I am just resting a bit under the shade of this oak tree. Come thou home with me, and rest and eat, that thou be refreshed. The Lord hath forbade me to eat or sleep or go out of my way again until I come unto my own home. But, sir, I... I am a prophet also, as thou art. And an angel spake unto me by the word of the Lord, saying... Bring the man of God back with thee into thine house that he may eat and drink and rest. The Lord told me not to. Oh, but he told me you could. You are sure of this? How else would I know you're here or where to find you had not an angel of the Lord told me so? Well, all right. I do need food and rest. I will go with thee. While they ate, the word of the Lord came to the false prophet, and he said unto the man of God, Thou hast disobeyed the direct command of God to eat no food nor drink water. Because thou hast disobeyed, thy carcass shall not be buried in the sepulchre of thy fathers. And you are not a true prophet, as you claim? No. You lied to me. What difference does it make? You should obey the word of God, regardless of what anyone else does or says or claims. Yes, I did disobey God. 
Please have your son saddle my mount that I may leave and be on my way. Father? Father? Some men just came into Bethel and claimed they saw a strange sight just outside the city. A dead man was lying by the roadside with a donkey and a lion standing by, as if watching over the dead man's carcass. It is the man of God who hath been delivered unto the lion because he disobeyed the word which the Lord spake unto him. Saddle up, my sons, and we shall get the man's body and bury him in my own grave. For those things which the man of God spake against the altar in Bethel and against all the houses of the high places shall surely come to pass. It is done, Father. The body of the man of God has been honorably buried. Now at that time, great trouble came to the house of Jeroboam, king of Israel. <laughs> Jeroboam, Jeroboam, Abijah is sick. My son Abijah is sick. I think he's going to die. Come quickly. Elijah, where do you feel bad? Is it going to die? Unless we get immediate help. Oh, go quickly then, Jeroboam, to the high place and appeal to the gods. Well, they can't do anything. There's only one who can help, the prophet. And he won't help me because I've forsaken the true God. He might help us. No, I'm too steeped in sin and wickedness. I've, I've worshipped idols. I... Well, there is one way he might help us. What? Well, if he didn't know it was my son who's sick, now, you go to the prophet. Oh, Disguise right. yourself so he won't know you're my wife. And uh, take with you gifts of bread and, and cakes and honey, and he shall tell you what to do to make our son well again. And Jeroboam's wife came to the house of Ahijah the prophet. Yes? Is this the abode of the prophet? It is. May I see him? And his grace is old and weary and blind and prefers to remain alone in thought and meditation. Oh, but this is very urgent. Please let me see the prophet. Bid her enter. Oh, you may come in. Thank you. Come in, thou wife of Jeroboam. Why feignest thou to be someone else? But, but you are blind. How do you know who I am? The Lord revealed your coming to me, and I have heavy tidings for thee. Return to Jeroboam and say unto him that the Lord God of Israel has exalted Jeroboam among the people and made him their king. Yet Jeroboam has not been as my servant David who kept my commandments. But thou, O Jeroboam, hast gone and made the other gods and molten images, and hast cast me behind thy back. Therefore will I bring evil upon thee and thy house, till the house of Jeroboam to a man be gone. Arise now, therefore, thou wife of Jeroboam, get thee to thine own house. And when thy feet shall enter into the city, thy child shall die. Where is he? 
Her Majesty will find the king and her son Abijah in the main chamber to well, the I'm right. I'm afraid it's too late, my dear. Our son is dead. I know. The prophet said when I entered the city that our son would die and... Did he make any other prophecies? <laughs> Many things, Jeroboam. The crown will be taken away from your seat. All Israel will be smitten and scattered abroad, even beyond the river. All because Israel has forsaken God and worships false gods. Yeah. <laughs> it's all my fault. I led the people into idol worship. I built altars to false gods. I knew better. I still know better. Why did I do it? I, I don't know. I know that after that first sin, other sins come quickly and easily. Oh, would that the first yielding to temptation, that first sin, had never come. Would that I could learn from past experience, but I, I don't seem to be able to. Woe is me, woe is Israel. Woe to all who turn from God. continue the Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye. If you're on your way to heaven, clap your hands. If your sins are all forgiven, clap your hands. Point to heaven in the sky, then shake hands with one nearby. If the Lord can satisfy, clap your hands. Clap your hands. Clap your hands. If you're glad that you're a Christian, clap your hands. If you're on your way to heaven, clap your hands. If your sins are all forgiven, clap your hands. Point to heaven in the sky, then shake hands with one nearby. If the Lord can satisfy, clap your hands. Clap your hands. Clap your hands. If you're glad that you're a Christian, clap your hands. Okay, okay, everyone. Settle down. Let's settle down now. The first meeting of the New Kids Bible Club is now in session. Glad to see you guys here this evening, and I'm looking forward to exploring God's Word with you. Is there food? What did you say, Henry? Is there food? You know, stuff to eat. Someone told me there'd be food. Well, we'll have lots of the bread of life from the Bible. I'd rather have pizza. Actually, you bring up an important point. I do? Yeah, when you haven't eaten for a while, what happens to you? He gets grouchy, kind of like now. <laughs> <laughs> That's only normal. The human body needs nourishment. When it doesn't get enough, it becomes worried and starts to make you feel, well, grouchy. Henry is always 
hungry. <laughs> <laughs> the very same thing happens to your mind when you haven't had enough of the bread of life from God's word. Your mind gets hungry. You start feeling more worried than you need to be, more fearful of things, more angry at how the world is treating you. Perhaps you know people like that. They're just mad all the time. What they need is the bread of life straight from the Bible. They need some beautiful promises to make them feel better or a word or two of encouragement from the lips of Jesus himself to let them know that they're not alone. That's what you find in the Bible. Words that fill you up with joy. That's why we're here. Okay, okay. Bread of life. Got it. Then can we have pizza? <laughs> <laughs> I think there's some food in the refrigerator left over from Sabbath potluck. Maybe next week I'll have someone bring some sandwiches. Is everybody here grouchy? Yeah. Yes, yes, I'll bring sandwiches, lots of sandwiches. Jesus wants to be our friend. He has placed in our hearts a desire to share our deepest secrets and brightest hopes with him. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. Hi, boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Do you ever feel left out, like your friends want to be with someone else instead of you? What if you really needed those friends to help you solve a mystery? Chris and Maria discover an old safe in their grandparents' basement, but no one knows the combination. Who gave the money to build the cross above Mill Valley? Chris and Maria think the answer is inside the old safe. As they follow the clues, Chris learns some important lessons about friendship and jealousy, and about being a Christian. Chapter 3 the cross on the hill. What makes you think great-grandpa donated that money? Chris asked, staring at his sister. We've only found these few things and nothing that says great-grandpa Archer had anything to do with the cross. Chris could tell Maria was getting really excited about something. She stood up and paced back and forth, thinking hard. I just know he did, but how can we prove it? I wish I could remember, she muttered. Remember what? Chris asked. He was sitting cross-legged on the floor with the wooden statue in his lap. I wish I could remember where I saw that picture of great-grandpa without a beard. Chris shook his head. That won't help us any. Maria dropped down on her knees in front of Chris. It might help. I remember that he was standing beside the cross. Maybe there's a clue in the picture. We'll just have to find it. Even if there isn't a clue in the picture, if the picture was taken 50 years ago, that would prove something. That would be about the same time the cross was built. Chris finally agreed. If you say you saw that picture, I believe you. After all, it's our only clue. Keeping out the statue Chris had found and Maria's handful of pictures of great-grandpa, they quickly repacked everything they had taken out of the boxes. Grandma was just putting her photo albums back in the cupboard when Chris and Maria got upstairs. Grandma put her finger in front of her lips and pointed toward the sofa. Yo-Yo was asleep, so Maria tiptoed into the living room and whispered to Grandma, "'Can I look at those photo albums before you put them away, Grandma?' Yes, dear. Did you find anything interesting downstairs? Maria nodded. She gave Chris one album, and she took the other two. Then they went into the kitchen. I found these old pictures, she told Grandma, pointing at the handful she had brought up from downstairs and set on the table. And I found this, Grandma, Chris said, holding out the statue. 
Oh, yes, Grandma exclaimed. A friend of your great-grandpa's carved that for him many, many years ago. I had forgotten all about it. Your great-grandpa Archer was proud of his name, and that's why his friend thought of carving an archer. A long time ago in Europe, people didn't have last names. Then people started using the name of their occupation. That's how names like Mason and Baker and Archer came to be in use, Grandma explained. Chris carefully set the archer on the counter. It sure is neat, he said in a whisper. Grandma smiled. She was watching the expression on Chris's face. You may keep it if you wish, she said. Of course, you would have to take special care of it. I'm sure your great-grandpa would have wanted you to have it. Chris was thrilled. I'll take very good care of it, Grandma. Thank you. And you may keep those pictures you found, Maria. And kids, you're welcome to go through that stuff down in the basement anytime. But don't take anything unless you ask permission first, okay? Maria and Chris nodded in agreement. Now, what are you two looking for? Grandma asked. She went around the table and stood behind Maria. Chris joined her. Well, Maria said, I thought I remembered a picture of great-grandpa where he wasn't wearing a beard. He was standing beside the cross up on the hill, the one Pastor Hill told us the town is planning to have an anniversary celebration for. Oh, yes, the pastor told me about it. I wonder who donated the money to build it. Maria glanced sternly at Chris out of the corner of her eye. Chris knew she was trying to tell him not to say anything, and he wasn't going to breathe a word of it to anyone either, at least not until they had more proof. I suppose Pastor Hill's talking about the cross made you remember the picture you are looking for, Grandma said. She went over to the stove and turned on the rear burner under the tea kettle. Would you like some hot chocolate? Yes, Chris said, please. Thank you, Grandma, Maria said. Then when Grandma turned around, she waved for Chris to sit down beside her. You look through that album, she told him. Chris pulled the photo album to him and opened it up. He studied each and every picture. There were hundreds of them, he guessed. Maria finished looking through her first album and opened another one. By the time Chris closed his album, the tea kettle was whistling. He waited for Grandpa to shut it off, but she never came into the kitchen. Finally, he went over and turned it off himself. He stood there for a minute, looking around. "'What's the matter, Chris?' Maria asked. "'Notice how dark it's gotten?' Chris said. Maria looked around as if she hadn't noticed anything but the photo albums in the past 15 minutes. "'So?' And where is Grandma? She didn't even hear the tea kettle whistling. Maria scooted her chair back and stood up. She pointed toward the counter. And she's not the only one that's missing. Chris looked at the counter, right at the spot Maria was pointing. My statue! It's gone! Chris searched everywhere in the kitchen. Maria even helped some. But a quick search told them the statue was nowhere to be found. What could have happened to it? Chris asked, stomping his foot. It was right here just a minute ago. I don't know, Maria said, and where is Grandma? Chris shrugged again. She must be in the house somewhere. Well, if she were in the house, I don't think she would have left the tea kettle whistling like that, Maria said. Going to the back door, Chris opened it and looked around the backyard. She's not out here. When he got back to the kitchen, he shook his head. I don't know where she went. Let's check on Yo-Yo, Maria suggested. She and Chris went into the living room and found Yo-Yo still asleep on the sofa, but no Grandma. I don't believe she just disappeared, Maria said. I don't think so either, Chris murmured. Let me check down the hall. He checked Grandma and Grandpa's bedroom and the spare room. Maria was waiting on the sofa beside Yo-Yo when he got back. She's not in the house anywhere, he told Maria. Maria looked worried. This is scary, she said. Suddenly, something banged against the front door and Chris nearly jumped out of his shoes. See what it is, Maria told him. Chris gave her a doubtful look. I... I don't know, 
He let out a breath of air and started forward. When he got to the door, he turned the handle slowly and opened it an inch at a time. Then he threw the door open all the way and jumped outside. Let me help you, Grandma, he said, reaching for the big box she was trying to get through the screen door. Thank you, Chris. I was hoping to be able to bring this box of clothes inside by myself. I guess I'm not as strong as I used to be. After the box was inside, Grandma sat down to rest. Phew, she said. Mrs. Williams sure had a load of clothes for community services. Maria let out a long sigh of relief herself. We thought you had disappeared, Grandma. Oh, no, I just stepped out for a minute to speak to Mrs. Williams and bring in this box of clothes. I think your imaginations must be working overtime. Uh uh, Grandma, Chris argued. What about my statue? My statue is missing. Come here, I'll show you. Grandma went into the kitchen with Chris. It was right here, Chris said, on the countertop. Now it's gone. Chris pointed at the countertop. The story you have heard today is a chapter of The Shoebox Kids, Book 4, The Missing Combination Mystery, written by Eric Stoffel, edited and created by Jerry D. Thomas, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. children come please let the children come children's bible journey was brought to you by 3abn australia radio and is a production of life talk radio at lifetalk.net